Hello and welcome to episode 52 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan. I'm one of the co-founders here at ETR. And we are here for an apocalyptic edition of the Solo Pod. It's certainly a really scary time. And although uh, I think there's some optimism and I'm trying to stay positive, uh, I think everyone now can at least see worst case scenarios in the range of outcomes for both this virus and viruses in the future, you know, like how destructive something like this can be. Um, I saw the movie Contagion when it first came out and I thought it was really good, but brush it off as not really possible, you know, kind of, oh, it's just a movie. It's dramatized fiction. I watched it again uh, last night, which honestly was a little scary, hit way too close to home, to be honest, but it comes off as, as nonfiction. Um, so look, I hope you and your families are staying safe. You're taking this seriously. Uh, I did want to make one point here. So some people have tweeted at me or I've seen comments like, you know, Adam, why are you tweeting about sports? You know, why are you and Evan doing podcasts on NFL free agency? Why are you writing fantasy articles? You know, it doesn't matter. You should be talking about Corona. And I get that take. Uh, I do. But I'm not a scientist. You know, I'm not a doctor. I'm definitely not an epidemiologist, I find it, you know, almost comical that all of a sudden this happens and everyone thinks they're experts on disease or coronaviruses. You know, people have these, you know, people who have run pure in the stock market for the last 12 years and all of a sudden they talk like they're economists. I mean, it's just absurd. It would be so like beyond unauthentic and disingenuous for me to come out spewing takes about any of this stuff, you know, politics or economy or science or disease. It's just ridiculous. So of course, I don't have my head in the sand. You know, I've read as much as I can from actual experts, from people who have spent their whole lives studying disease and epidemics. Uh, but I have not wasted one second listening to some clown on Twitter or watching some talking head idiot on TV, you know. Um, I'm just, I've tried to stay optimistic, uh, which I know is hard. Uh, I think one overlap between playing DFS seriously and this pandemic is the need for good data. Uh, should be pretty obvious that without proper mass testing and reporting, then we really don't know exactly what we're dealing with. And, you know, uh, I, I mentioned being optimistic, you know, I'm hopeful and I'm hoping that once we do have all the data, that the mortality rate and the hospitalization rate will both be incredibly low. Like, in Contagion, the movie, the mortality rate was between 20 and 30%. Uh, hopefully, when it's said and done here, we are at like 0.0001% or something. But again, I don't even want to get into that uh, because honestly, I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I just I just know like a lot of things in life, uh, we need more good data. I will say one, over, one other overlap we've seen between uh, DFS and this that kind of made me think a little bit is like the reactive nature of society, you know, like, oh, let's wait until someone I know has it to get worried. Uh, let's wait until there's an outbreak in my town before we quarantine. I think Dink, uh, you know, Drew Dinkmeyer, uh, one of the best friends of the show has tweeted about this, but like the risk reward calculation on that is just so, so far off. And again, like in many things in life, uh, it's better to be early and good than later and perfect. And that's something I've struggled with a lot, you know, in all facets of my life. Like I can't, I have trouble pulling the trigger until I'm super confident that my decision is perfect. You know, I get paralyzed, but I'm trying to work on it. You know, I understand there's a lot more value in being early 
and still good in a lot of spots, maybe not perfect, but being early in a lot of spots, you know, in gambling and business and life, whatever, than being later and perfect. Um, it's hard for sure, but it seems really important here. Uh, and so I hope we can continue. People can be proactive rather than reactive. All right, enough on the end of days. Uh, I did want to give an update on my personal status. I hope you all saw my note on Twitter at Adam Levitan or listen to the last Daily Fantasy Edge podcast, which you can find on iTunes. But I'll quickly recap here. Uh, last season, I was sharing my time and content uh, between my responsibilities at DraftKings and here at Establish the Run. After a lot of thought and internal debate, I decided that, you know, it's just time to be all in. And that, so that means all my podcasts, all my articles, everything will now be through ETR. The solo pods like this one will continue free on this feed. The one-on-one interviews will continue to be free on this feed. We'll talk about talking strategy on this feed. Uh, and I'll have more details on articles as the season gets closer. But just know they'll all be on ETR. I already have a couple up now about free agency. But as I said last week, you know, I just believe so much in the team we have here at ETR, and I just want to bet uh, everything that we can deliver a product that you all will find value in. And if we do that, everything will work out. So that's just my single-minded goal uh, for now. All right. With that, let's get to everyone's favorite portion of the program, the listener questions. Producer Luke, hit the theme music. Question one comes from Brandon. He says, do you feel like you're the new Slim Shady where everyone walks, talks, and acts like you, where we avoid human contact like it will lead to certain death? So Brandon is referring to my lifelong battle as a germaphobe. You know, germ avoidance was a chapter in my book. I've been honing my skills in this department since I was a kid. Uh, If we're being honest, I'm the premier expert in this field, in this germ avoidance field, waiting for my call from CNN to go on and discuss. Um... I mean, look, things like what people are saying not to do now have always been disgusting and high-risk behavior. You know, ordering a draft beer at a bar. I always get a bottle or a can. You know, putting your feet or your hands in disgusting bowling shoes and bowling balls. You know, I'd rather just not bowl. You know, sharing a bottle of water with someone. Um, You know, I've covered optimal nest construction for public toilets. All these things, to me, uh, were always just common sense. And a lot of the stuff that uh, people found funny and silly and they loved asking me questions about it uh, and said, oh, you know, Adam's so crazy. But going forward, man, I'm telling you, people are going to be freaked out. Going forward, people are going to be way more conscious uh, of what they touch uh, and what they put near their mouth. I mean, I, to me, it has to be a good thing. So um, if there's any positive that can come out of this, hopefully people will be uh, cleaner. Question two comes from Double Gator. He said, says, should we just quit DFS cash and bet player props now? So this one is a little bit complicated. As I discussed throughout last year, player props are insanely inefficient. The lines, the market is insanely inefficient. You know, not only are the lines originating poorly, originating bad, you know, they're often, the books are just putting up simply a player's average on the season without any other context, but they're often stale. So what I mean by stale is like T.Y. Hilton gets ruled out and the prop on Zach Pascal receiving yards doesn't move for hours. You know, like say recent trends that we know based on us studying players, recent trends show us that David Johnson is going to play behind Kenyon Drake, but David Johnson's props reflect the projections slash averages of his former role. And, you know, things like that happen all the time. It's why this prop market is so soft. If you guys were on ETR last year, you know, I shared the player props 
that I bet uh, ended up going uh, 50 and 36, you know, around 58% win rate. Think I can do better if I was focused on it more and had more outs. I was doing DraftKings only uh, last year, which are can be lines, which, um, you know, don't come out particularly early and get flattened out pretty quickly. Um, but the problem with saying this can replace DFS cash is the liquidity, right? By the time week three rolled around, my max bet on props on Play Sugar House, uh, which is, you know, a local uh, casino here in Philadelphia, uh, was $12. On DraftKings, it was around 20 Like, books just aren't going to let you beat them up on props. It's just not happening. And you can go back and listen to uh, the episode I did with Taylor Cabey, uh, who has worked on the other side of the counter as a sportsbook director for Rivers Casino to if you want to hear more about that. But I mean, the player props, I think, mainly are just there for these books for marketing purposes, you know, to get people onto the site, to let low stakes players bet $20 against them. And so to say that it replaces DFS cash, well, that's just not practical. I mean, in DFS, got it. If you wanted to, and you didn't care about game selection at all, you could get 500K out there on a, on a cash team. You know, you could play all the 10K and 5K three mans, all the Thunderdomes, everything. So yeah, I mean, grinding player props is definitely something to look at, especially if you have a small role. You know, get a bunch of accounts, uh, use projections combined with your knowledge from fantasy and be ready to fire when the lines first pop. Uh, definitely we'll have more on that this season um, in terms of what we can do with player props. Um, I'm sure some of you guys saw we posted a job for um, somebody to help us with a quantitative approach, with a more analytical approach to how we do projections. And so... Um, we plan to make a hire there soon. And I think I know that, uh, we are going to have a better look at player props this year. So stay tuned on that. If you're into player props, I'm certainly into them. Uh, you know, I just wish, I I just try to be realistic about how much liquidity there is, uh, in that market. Question three, Ryan Seal says from in this time of quarantine, what kind of movies or shows do you suggest? Rounders is a given. Yeah, so it would be easy to say Rounders and The Godfather and Shawshank and Lebowski and Hoop Dreams. You know, no one needs me uh, for that. I don't watch much TV other than, you know, Curb, obviously, and, and The Wire. So I'll skip TV. But I, what I will do for you guys as my gift to you in this quarantine, I'll give you my top four kind of off-the-radar movies uh, to watch during the quarantine. Uh, no particular order here. Uh, first one I'm going to say is Boyhood. Uh, Richard Linklater is such an incredibly devoted and original director boyhood is just such an unreal project he films for 12 years you know follows a kid and kind of his broken family from when the kid is six until he's 18 uh you know just a movie about life and and growing up and i don't know for for some reason it really really hit home for me uh especially the last hour or so so yeah i I think from being original and from um reality uh it was just such a such a great movie uh second one i'm gonna say is alpha dog and you know people think i say this as a joke alpha dog is a true true tour de force from justin timberlake uh in this real life uh story of a wannabe you know gangster slash drug dealer who somewhat accidentally kidnaps a kid as ransom you know and people laugh it off because it's timberlake but but man alpha dog is a really good movie third one i'm gonna say might be a little bit too mainstream for this list but I love Knocked Up, man. Knocked Up is just so, so, so good. I think Superbad and 40-Year-Old Virgin are also amazing, but they can drag a little bit at times. Knocked Up is just unreal every scene all the way through. Um, so good. Uh, along those lines, I-, I would also say the first hour of Funny People with Sandler 
is unreal. Like the last part of the movie, the last like half, I can't take. But the first hour of Funny People uh, with Sandler is, is just so good. And and I don't even really like Sandler. Last one I'm going to say is American Psycho with, with Christian Bale. I mean, it's hard to explain how funny and chilling and spot on American Psycho is. This came out in 2000, you know, 20 years ago. Uh, but I think definitely ahead of its time in terms of the commentary on the superficial obsession that that kind of goes on in our society. So hopefully you guys haven't seen those or you want to see those, but those came to mind for me as some of my favorites that hopefully are a bit off the radar. Question four comes from Justin Woodruff. He says, have you tried the impossible or beyond meat burgers yet? Uh, I have not. I've certainly been struggling with my diet. You know, it's hard. I want to be healthy, but I'm also relatively picky. Um, But really what I'm concentrating on now is just eating whole foods, like actual foods, nothing processed, just actual foods. In other words, uh, eggs and fruit and vegetables and just like simply grilled meat. I really think that's the best diet for me. It's obviously hard to execute because I just love bread so, so, so much. But, you know, let's be honest, you know, bread is processed food and pasta is too. And so those are like my favorite things. So it's hard. Um, but yeah, I'm a bit leery of those fake meats for now, both on taste and how healthy they actually are for you. But I haven't done enough research on it. Question five comes from Eric Most. He says, do you pay yourself a weekly salary from your bankroll during the season to smooth out the swings or do you use a different approach? Good question. Uh, I've heard people with all kinds of strategies for this. Uh, for me personally, what I prefer to do is start the season with a set number, you know, something around 3x, how much I'll have in play each week. And this amount uh, should not have anything to do at all with your day-to-day living expenses. You shouldn't need this money at all. You know, if you lose it, your life won't be affected. So I'll start the season with that amount. You know, let's just say uh, 20K as an example. You know, barring any really big scores or changes in circumstance, I won't withdraw at all uh, uh, during the season. I'll wait until the end of the season and take money off. Now, if I bust that initial buy-in, which uh, thankfully has never happened to me, but if I did bust that initial buy-in, uh, the 20K or whatever, I think uh, that it's a very useful reminder in that instance to take a step back and evaluate your play, you know, see if you're playing bad or running bad, if you're really a winner in the games you're playing. Maybe you should move down in stakes, uh, but make a calm, uh, rational decision from there. I think the problem with paying yourself a weekly salary is that when it goes bad for a couple weeks or a month and you also have to pay yourself, well, now you're running on fumes, right? And you're missing opportunities uh, to have money in play, assuming that you're still playing well. All right, question six, last question we're going to do today from the Ryan King. He says, how often is too often to order takeout food during this quarantine? Uh, Yeah, I've actually done a little bit of research on this, and I think the prevailing opinion in the medical community is that while this virus can be transmitted on surfaces, it's far more unlikely, especially if you're using uh, cleaning products and washing your hands, uh, washing uh, what touches your counters, stuff like that. So, you know, touching the bag or the box that your food comes in, yes, I would disinfect it, I would trash it, I would wash your hands immediately after touching that stuff, but I'm not too worried about that. And then the actual food, you know, presumably it's cooked. Uh, I think we're okay there also, but again, I do your own research on all this. But yeah, I mean, I think generally speaking, supporting your local restaurants, trying to keep them in business through this is a win-win. I actually think though, to be honest, if I didn't have kids, I'd use this time to really try to cook myself three healthy meals a day. Like I've never done that in my life. Uh, but I th- really think that I-, I would try if I had the time. Um, but with kids here all day, you know, bouncing off the walls and 
killing each other, it's it's literally impossible. All right. That is going to do it for the first ever solo pod here on the EstablishTheRun.com podcast feed. I'll be back next week with Evan. And then we'll also have some one-on-one interviews coming up that I think you guys will enjoy. So hit subscribe on whatever podcast app you're listening to. It's free. And I will catch you next week for Producer Luke, for my beautiful beast, Jerry. I am Adam. Please be safe and be careful out there. Good luck. Mm -hmm.